Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God gave us gifts to do two things. To equip the body so we're building up the body and what else? I heard a murmur. I heard Say it like you mean it, somebody. I'm just saying, it's to glorify God and to build up others. That is the goal of the gifts. They're to build up others around us and they're to glorify God. So if you got a gift and at the end of using your gift, you look like the man, probably not a gift or using it wrong. They're to glorify God and edify others. Scripture tells us about various spiritual gifts. And if it's in the scripture, you can believe it's real. But this issue has been one of contention in the church for a reason. Just like so many good, God-given things, there have been many who've taken these blessings and perverted them for their own glory or gain. In today's message, Pastor Bill will lead us through a study of the spiritual gifts and help us establish a scripture-based, Holy Spirit-led understanding of their place in our lives and the church. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Open up to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to jump right in. And um, something that I, even as I was kind of preparing and getting ready and looking over it, I realized that this is an area of where there's a lot of division within the church. Um, a lot of even names of churches or denominations, they're known for, oh, if you're part of that group, you don't believe in the gifts. Yeah. If you're part of that group, then the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit is that you have that particular gift. If you're part of this group, you go nutso with the gifts and swing from the windows and everything else. You know, it's just, it, 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 and you almost know by the names of, we Pentecostal, we Kojic, we Baptist, where, you know, we Calvary Chapel, where we fall. And I would just encourage you guys, because when Jesus come back, he's not coming back for a denomination, he's coming back for a church. Uh, don't matter what his name, what it's called. We want to be Christians that are, I don't really care about the particular, I don't care if it's Calvary Chapel, I don't care if it's a Calvary, I don't care what the name of a church is. I just want to be right with God. Right? I want to worship God in a way that is pleasing to him. I want, I want to do it the way God said, hey, I gave you these things to do them this way. This is how it honors me best. And for you guys, remember, we went through our series on the gifts. I gave out two main things when it comes to the gifts. They have two main functions. Anybody remember what those are off the top of your head? Because I want us to have that ingrained. To, to the God gave us gifts to do two things, to equip the body, so we're building up the body, and what else? I, was, I heard a murmur. I heard rub, rub, rub. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Somebody, I was just all right. It's to glorify God and to build up others. That is the goal of the gifts. They're to build up others around us and they're to glorify God. So if you got a gift, and at the end of using your gift, you look like the man, probably not a gift or using it wrong. They're to glorify God and edify others. So some of the stuff you see on TV. Healing ministries where guys are running around throwing a coat and 50 people fall down. Um, and, and at the end of that, who looks like the man? That dude with the coat. That dude look cold. I'm like, man, can I get some of that? I mean, he just throw his coat down. There's a if you go on YouTube, there's such ridiculous stuff. I mean, there's, there's guys. There's one I just watched it, I think, with Clinton or somebody here. And the guy was just walking around blowing on people. <laughs> and he would tell him he had to announce it first so they would know where to fall at. Y'all want it? You want it? And he would blow and all these people would fall down. And I'm just thinking, man, what foolishness. But these are grown people. They're grown-ups. Where did that come from? <clears throat> Who told them to do that? And, and I'll be real. I, I, when I, I was growing in the things of God and learning, um, 
I came out of one particular church background when I first got saved and I was being exposed to other things. And I was curious. I wonder, like, man, when it, when we, when it touch people, they fall down. Like, if it was real, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I wanted it. I mean, if, if, if somebody could touch me and the Holy Spirit just, whoo, just knocked me down, I was with it. But I went for that prayer. And now I'm not just going to fall down. Um, pretty big fella, you know. So, I mean, it was going to take the Holy Spirit, you know. But all I felt was a, pre- a man's hand pressuring me, you know. And it was like, no, I'm not. This God didn't hit me yet. So he's, he's pushing. It was nothing. And I'm like, and I was open. I was like, God, I want everything you have for me. Any gift of the Holy Spirit, anything you got. And I walked away from that thinking, okay, this is a learned behavior. These people are falling down on cue. Time to fall down. Well, bam, they fall down. Anyway, we're going to bring some clarity and hopefully some health to the body that um, we do these things the way he wants. Look at chapter 12, verse 1, 1 Corinthians. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Um, now, you'll, you'll notice that the word gifts in most of your Bibles is in italics. That means in the original language in the Greek, it really said, uh, um, he says, now concerning spirituals. But from the context, the writers or the, 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 those that were putting this together, they, they, they put gifts there because as you follow through the context, he does begin to speak about the gifts. But uh, for what it's worth, Paul said, I want you guys to be ignorant about this. And there's three times in Paul's letters where he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I pay attention when I see a trend. There's several places in the word where God says, you know, um, do not be deceived. And it's interesting because every time he says that, there are areas where people are deceived. Well, there's three areas where Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And interestingly, these are the areas where many times the church is ignorant. What doesn't want us to be ignorant here concerning spiritual gifts, um, where they're, what they're for, how they operate, all those things. If you're writing notes um, in Romans 11:25, doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning God's plan for Israel. Um, and over in 1 Thessalonians 4:13, doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning uh, the second coming uh, of Jesus and the eternal state of the believer. So um, you can go look those things up on your own. But back to where we're at today, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. And so if the Holy Spirit through the scripture is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. You need to know this. Then we need to take the time to study it. Amen. We want to know. I want, God, I want to understand spiritual gifts, what they are, how they operate, that, that I wouldn't be ignorant and that I would be functioning in order and in alignment and in agreement with you and what you want. Verse two, you know that Paul speaking to the, the church here says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So interesting thing Paul does, he reminds them, he says, now, you know, just so I mean, he, he pulls up their background. He says, you guys, y'all were carried away with idols. Um, he says, you know, you Gentiles, how you guys were carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led, just doing whatever, you know. Why does he bring that up? He's, and this is what he said, because the next word is therefore. He's saying, look, I'm reminding you of, you know, kind of a tendency among you guys to just be led any which way. You guys just dumb, you guys ran with them dumb idols. You guys just did whatever you saw. And when you think about that, when you look at idolatry, and it has to be something that you, you learn by seeing. There's no power in an idol. The idols don't answer prayers. They don't, it's all learned behavior. Why do they worship an idol? Because they said do it. Why do we give this? Because they said if we do this, the, you know, this is what we can expect. It's only something you do because it's a learned behavior. We got to be careful in the church about 
doing things because it's what we seek to learn behavior. So much of what happens in church settings is just like that, just a learned behavior. Um, and again, because I've been able to go in and out of different circles, I've learned that, yeah, that's this is right night. You know, I know in some churches when you hear a certain cadence on the keyboard, thump, 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 it's, it's, it's telling everybody, what, what is it telling everybody to do right now? Try, time to dance, time to start, you know, getting you a little, you know, it's at that moment. And then this is the crazy thing, right? Because they would say, you know, the spirit is moving at that moment. I'm filled with the spirit. So, so the thing that gets the Holy Spirit to move at your church is that that's the, so the, the, the musicians control the Holy Spirit. Do we know better than that? Yes, That's some foolishness, but it's it's so common. I'm telling y'all, there's churches all over America right now. Right now, they have, and they would come sit here and be like, "The Holy Spirit was not moving. Mm-mm, no, never got to do none of that." You know, the Holy Spirit. We didn't get the Holy Spirit wasn't moving. We don't look at what it, what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to actually move. And hopefully, if maybe maybe some of us here, you're like. That's what I thought it looked like too. You know, maybe we're gonna be helped. You know, we're gonna be cured of that. That's learned behavior. Um, it's just we're only doing it right now because they're doing. It. I was in a church where it was, you know, somebody would begin to stand up and pray in tongues, and someone else would do it, and then next thing you know, the whole room was in a murmur of tongues, and it was like, okay, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there like, I don't know. I mean, is that is that right? Is that biblical? We'll talk about that as we go. Tongues is going to be the controversial one. Some of y'all got daggers on me now. I'm going to help y'all out. I love y'all. We're going to fix that. But I tell you right now, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So um, he says, look, y'all used to be carried away with your idols. Okay, when you were a non-believer, y'all were carried away. He said with these dumb idols, just led whichever which way. Don't carry that over into your walk with the Lord. When we come into Jesus, we don't just do whatever we see people around us doing. We got direction. We got inspired. God has given clear instruction. That's what we we take our cues from the Lord, not because of what they're doing or what they did. I got to hear it from the Lord. I got to see that this is what God is telling me to do. And so verse three said, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul lays out initially just saying, look, it's one of the one of the dividing lines when you look at some of the false works. Uh, it usually comes back down to who is Jesus. Um, and so just in, in basic discerning, I'm trying to discern uh, rather this thing is of God or not. Who's Jesus to this group? Um, you know, I, I sit down when you talk to a Mormon with what most cults have done is they've learned Christianity. They, they know our terminology and they know our book, but they got they, they take the same words that we use and pack them with different meaning. You talk to a Jehovah's Witness like, yeah, we're, we're Christians, too. Are you not? We believe in Jesus, too. But the Jesus you believe in is not God, though. So they and they're okay with kind of misleading you to keep the conversation going. So they'll use all the words we use, Jesus, so forth. So so you got to be real specific. Do you believe that Jesus is God, like God, the son, (laughs) second person of the Trinity? And they don't No, That's where it'll fall out of alignment. The Mormons. Oh, we're Christians, too. We believe in Jesus. but, But the Jesus you believe in is the spirit brother of Lucifer, the angel. No, we believe in Jesus Christ as God, the creator of heaven and earth, that he's, he created these living beings called angels. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God? No, no. OK, I know you're not from the Lord. Y'all can keep it moving. That's healthy for us to know. Uh, a lot of cult groups, um, same thing, They'll, same terminology, same thing. We have to be OK with asking. I just want to go straight to who Jesus is for clarification. It's, 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 who's, in your group, at, when you guys gather, who is Jesus? Because for me, Jesus Christ is God. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, second person of the Trinity, that he's the Messiah, 
He's, he, he's all God, all man when he was on earth. He died on the cross. He rose in the grave. He ascended into heaven. He's coming back again. That, that's just Jesus Christ to me. And if your Jesus is a little different, you know, well, he, you know, he, he came in the likeness of, but, you know, it was a spirit, you know, representation of, man, God, my door was step with that. You know, it's, 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 it's got to be the Jesus of the Bible. Amen. And so Paul said, look, nobody, anybody, it, it, it comes, it starts right there at that point. You know, anybody, no one speaking by the spirit of God will call Jesus a curse. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, verses four through six, we're, we're going to look at just the diversities, the differences in uh, some of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, and some of the things that, that are done. But, but before we do that, <coughs> he says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, someone can lie. But no one can truly represent him as Lord. No one, no one can come, even a person coming to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, that was a work of the Holy Spirit in a person. How did I get saved? How did you get, how did we come to the place where we understood Jesus as Lord, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Somebody shared the word, Jesus did the dying, the Holy Spirit does the convicting, and somehow, you know, through all that, we get saved. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And God says, that's, that's, that's all necessary um, to bring someone into a place. And so, we want to be careful of, you know, looking at the work of the Holy Spirit in the way that it's presented many times today. When you look at the biblical work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is always pointing somewhere. Anybody know where he's always pointing to? Jesus. So there are ministries today where the ministry is all about the Holy Spirit. You're almost worshiping the Holy Spirit. But when you study the Holy Spirit in Scripture, he's always pointing to Jesus. That's his job. It's not, he's never... Uh, you know, he's not jealous for his own attention. He's like, look, I, I'm pointing at my job, my role in the Godhead. Jesus, pointing to Jesus. I need to get you to him. Opening your blind eyes so you can see your need for him. Um, manifestation, revelation, all the things that I do, the different things that supernaturally done to the Holy Spirit to bring people to the knowledge of him. And so you be careful of a ministry where it's all about the Holy Spirit. You know, the whole ministry is about we we're almost worshiping the Holy Spirit because mm. his job is to help me come to, to Jesus. And, and a real work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life, not going to point to them either. It's going to point to Jesus. So you get somebody full of the Holy Spirit and everything that they're doing draws attention to them. I wonder if that's the Holy Spirit or if that's your flesh. It looks like your flesh. Because the work of the Holy Spirit points people to the Lord. Um, now, I've been around people that have, you know, significant, I mean, just God's Spirit working in their life in a significant way. Different manifestations. I, I, I've been around people that have had different gifts. And when those gifts are in operations, I appreciate the people that God uses. But it does point you to Jesus. It, 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 it causes you to worship Jesus. It doesn't cause you to worship a man. And so we want to be careful about that. That That's what I see a lot of today is, you know, things popping up with the trappings of Christianity and the external things of God. But then it's like, how come all the glory looks like it's going to a person, to a man? to somebody that really can't be what Jesus can be for me. You know, I'm careful to deflect people from looking to me. My goal is to point you to Jesus because I'm limited. I know a little bit. I'm available a little bit. Uh, Jesus knows everything available 24 seven and can do anything. You much better off hooking up with him. And so as, 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 as ministers of Christ, as those that are standing in between, we always want to be hooking people up with Jesus. That's the goal. Um, teach you how to pray. Pastor, you pray for me? We teach you how to pray too, because you, you don't have to just come to me for pray. You know, what does the word say here? I'm going to teach you how to read your Bible too, that you can sit down in your room by yourself and get a word from the Lord. You know, that, that you don't have to get it from somebody. You don't always have to be getting it from a person. You can, you can get it straight from him for yourself. So 
moving on now, look at verse four. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, if you pay attention to this, you'll see the Trinity in those verses. I'll point that out real quick, then we'll come back and go over them. So in verse four, there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Um, In verse five, there are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. The Lord is Jesus. And in verse six, there are diversities of activities, but the same God. That's the father. Just just pointing that out because I thought it was interesting as I went through it. So here's what he's saying here. There's diversities of gifts. So. Um, and we're going to cover nine gifts in this. Ch- and I'm sorry, we're going to cover yeah, nine gifts in this list right here. There are other sections of scripture that cover some other things. But right here, we're going to cover nine gifts um, and they're different. There are differences of gifts. And so one of the beautiful things in the body of Christ is God will give within the body. God gives different people different gifts. Um, now, we all come together and we need them. There, there are gifts that, you know, we see a lot of their gifts that seem like. We don't see him as often. They don't seem to show up as often. But God says, I've given into the body these gifts. I give them to the body of Christ. So whenever the body gathers together, if we do gather together and there's a, a, an awareness of and a yieldedness to the working of the spirit in a body of believers, it should it should be a really sweet time. It should be a really awesome thing when a group of people get together and are just letting God have his way. And that's one reason why we're always encouraging people to really seek the Lord. Know what your gifts are. Get, get good at get good, comfortable in that vein, in that lane. Find out, God, what is my gift? What have you given me to glorify you and edify the body? And then when you come together with the body, make sure that it's, it's operating. I make sure that it's going forth. There's something everybody here has to offer. And that's the cool thing about the body of Christ. I, I may be up here teaching. This is just my gift. But there are other gifts. And this my gift is not more uh, important than the other gifts. It's just another part of what happens. And there are other guys here that are gifted to teach, and they're up here at times teaching. This is one part of what takes place when we gather together, but there are many other gifts. There are people that get up and come here early that have the gift of help, and they're here serving and cleaning bathrooms and setting up chairs and doing those things. There are people that are right now teaching the kids, um, operating in mercy and teaching. You know, this, there are multiple things that take place whenever we gather. Some of y'all know it's mercy over there, but you know, it, it's important that we realize that if you're, if you're saved, you got to say, God, there's something you gave me. That I'm to, when I come together with this group, that's to be flowing through me. And I believe that the mindset when we come together as a church, it can't just be, um, you just, if you're a new believer, you come just to get, you know, just come pull up a chair and, and take it in. But if you've been saved for a while, you have to mature to the place where you come and say, I'm coming to give. I'm going to receive too. I, I already know that that's going to transpire, but I'm, I'm praying before I gather with the believers. God use me today. Let me be an encouragement. Give me a word for somebody. Give me a give me a sensitivity to your spirit. There's somebody going through something. Let me know what to say and how to speak. And I want to be a benefit to the group that I go. I'm not just going to get. Uh, we, we all need to mature beyond being consumer Christians where we're just coming. And, and that's how some people treat Christianity. They show up at a church. It's like, oh, I didn't really like that. No, nah, that wasn't really for me. Mm-mm, nah. And the people, no, nah, they didn't. They weren't, you know, and it's like, did you do anything? You've been saved 20 years. You just, you just, you know, it's like a, you know, the guy, what do they call the people that go to restaurants and, 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 uh, you know, taste the foods and, you know, critics, you know, they're people that they, 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 they church critics, you know, now nah, two 
too big. That church too big. Too many people. Mm-mm. Not too small. Mm-mm. No, didn't like the music. Nah, they didn't. Not not, not a preaching wasn't. You know, just they come and it's like when you were together, did you do anything edifying? Did you speak a word? Did you pray for anybody? You just showed up, critiqued, and went home. Where, where that's where they do that at in the Bible? What, what verse is that? What gift is that? There, it doesn't exist. It's not there. So we want to be careful about being that. Only coming as a, you know, a, uh, someone just observing or looking and realize that, man, I, I am born again. The spirit of God lives in me. And there's some form of gift that God has given me. I'm excited to go share my gift. I'm excited to go and just be among the body of believers and see if I might encourage somebody, might have a word for somebody. I'm just going to go hang out and see what happens. You don't have to force it. You know, you don't have to work it up. You just go be open in your car, on your way to church. Pray, God. Today, I just want to make myself available to you. However, wherever, I'll just be open. I'm going to love on people and just be around, and I'll just see what you do to me today. You can have your way. And let the Lord have his way through our lives as we gather together. So there are different gifts, diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit, right? So we're not competing either. Same spirit, right? Why would God give me a gift, you a gift, him a gift, her a gift, and then we'd be in here competing with our gifts? We'll see that that was happening in the Corinthian church. Paul said, how was it when y'all come together, everybody got a word? Everybody got a prophecy. Everybody got a tongue. And it was like a competition. They would come, la, 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 la. I got something to say too. I got a word too. And it was like, man, and Paul had to give rules. We'll see that later in chapter 14. He said, you know, no more than two or three. That's it. That's enough for y'all. Yeah, everybody ain't got a word, you know. And that was happening there where it was like, you know, they wanted the spotlight. I want to be seen as spiritual. And that's what ends up happening in the church today. The gifts that are vocal and outward, those become the abused gifts. Everybody's a prophet. Now, I don't just have the gift of prophecy. You're going to call me prophet, prophet Bill. When I step into the scene, you want you to acknowledge me. You guys know it's true? We laughing, but that's the case. I've had people come in here and it's like, hey, good morning. It's like, I'm, I'm prophet son such. I'm prophetess. All right. Okay. Welcome. Have a seat. You won't be prophesying here, you know, but, that, but that's how it goes. It's like, it's, it's the gifts aren't given for that. And it's the thing. You meet somebody with a real gift of prophecy, they don't have to announce it. They'll have a word. And you'll say, that was from the Lord. You know, that was that was a word from the Lord. They ain't got to announce it. They ain't got to walk in with a, a aura about they sell with their nose up in the air. Got a word. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like, like, act like they just getting it right now. It's like, man, that's the kind of stuff that we do, that people do. And we want to be, I just, I feel like the work of the Holy Spirit, God works through regular people. So you just be regular people. I'm, I'm not going to do something special. If I get a word from the Lord, I'm going to say it just like I'm saying. I don't have a new voice when I get a word. Whoa. I don't speak a different way. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get King James Elizabethan English in my tone. It's if I you got a word from the Lord, you got a word from the Lord. You just give it in obedience and faithfulness and, and, and let them receive it. So um, different gifts, the same spirit. So the spirit's not at odds with himself. He's unified. And so they're not going to be competing they're not going to bring confusion. Uh, there's not going to be dividing up the body. They're going to be using the different gifts and different people to bring edification to the body. Look at verse five. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And so what many people believe is the diversities of gifts. And we're going to see this list of nine gifts here in here in first Corinthians. There's also some in, in Romans. Um, but then there's it says when there's differences of ministries, many people believe this is a reference to the offices, the Ephesians four, uh, the different offices within the church. And so the, the, the pastor, teacher, you know, prophet, apostle, so forth and so on. There are differences in the ministries and, and how these gifts work themselves out and serve. And so you could have someone in the office or in the position of a pastor 
teacher. Possibly there's words of, of knowledge, words of wisdom, different things can go forth. Um, there are people with more administrative roles. You know, God will place us in the body as he sees fit. But note that wherever he places us and however he places us, it's for the edification of the body and for the glory of God. And so when a church is really has people that are really walking in the fullness of the spirit. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there, and so he felt compelled to write a direct letter to address the things that were happening among the believers there. The things he wrote about showed that there were problems in the church then, just like there are issues in churches today. Even among believers, there are real sin issues that can derail an entire church if those areas aren't dealt with. Are there areas in your life today that you know need to be addressed? If you need someone to talk to or to pray with, we're here and are ready to answer your call or text. Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We're so glad you tuned in to A Transforming Word. We'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday. And you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. There, you'll also be able to learn more about this ministry and listen to additional teachings from Pastor Bill. Again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Bill continues to teach through 1 Corinthians. We look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word.